All right, what's up, everyone? This is Rome coming to you with another interview with a Trekkie talking about Trek type ish. Uh, the person I'm speaking with today is Tina. And Tina, if you don't mind, just sort of introducing yourself. Hey, everybody. My name is Tina Runswick. I'm also known as Avariana, or uh, my store is Avariana Art. I'm primarily a digital artist. And my focus is Star Trek, obviously. <laughs> and like definitely one of the things that um, made me think of you when I sort of had this idea to just like talk to Trek people about actual Trek stuff as a format was your art, because it is definitely like very Trek heavy, at least the stuff I've been privy to. Yeah, of course. Um, I do like general commissions outside of my own personal hobby type art. I have no particular style. I've done anything and everything. Uh, I don't do realism, though. So <laughs> that is not within my skill set, unfortunately. But yeah, no, I just I love Star Trek and I love the, the fan base around it. It is huge. And um, yeah, no, I'm just I'm here for it. Definitely, definitely. Well, I'm glad to have you. And uh, I guess we'll boldly go into these questions. Um, so first question, what is your first Trek memory? Right. So a half-assed memory, I guess, would be seeing it on TV late at night in Australia. Um, I was an outdoor kid growing up, so TV was pretty limited. But I guess my first real intro was the original series, uh, The Trouble with Tribbles. So I lived in Australia at the time and my partner, well now partner, was a very, very close friend. Uh, he sent me a package from America. So he's from California. And he sent me a burnt disc with uh, two episodes. And that was The Trouble with Tribbles and then TNG's Inner Lies, absolute favorite. Uh, it definitely had me intrigued. Had me intrigued after watching Trouble with Tribbles, and eventually he came over to Australia, and we lived together for about a year. And the first series he showed me was actually Voyager, and that's because it was such an important series to him, and it helped him get through a lot of life's nonsense when he was growing up. So, yeah. Okay, definitely. Um, and that's something that, that is so cool about Trek because it like, whatever your show that you go to, if other people don't like that show, there'll definitely be other people that do because it appeals to such a wide base because it's just like generally very good storytelling. Oh, for sure. Oh my gosh. I, I love it so much, especially um, the older stuff that the, the newer track is a standalone amazing right like the graphics are just bomb but like the original sort of stuff is episodic I like a new adventure every episode and yeah that's kind of I don't know how I feel about Trek and it's just shared so widely even if people don't like the same one as you they can relate uh, to your uh, sort of even emotional complex sort of level and um i really love that indeed so with what you've told me thus far i have a guess but i'll ask what is your favorite trek show <laughs> well kind of going off you know what i previously said you know i love old trek you know pretty well equally there's pros and cons to each but i have to say my absolute favorite absolute favorite is deep space nine uh it's dark and it touches on uh, a lot of deep stuff like military ptsd which is pretty close to me um not like personally but i i can go into that a bit later if you'd like uh but honorable to strange new worlds um i love how they brought back that episodic style as i mentioned before uh you know different different adventures each episode it's yeah it's really good and they're they're a lot lighter as well like with the humor and stuff um, i really appreciate that because especially trying to bring in the new generation to watch star trek it's it's really important 
Right. Um, that uh, what you said, well, all the things you said are true. Um, but yeah, I do have to, to sort of, uh, second that about strange new worlds. It has a level of, it, it's very balanced. Like it has a level of sort of campiness to it, but it's not campy bad. It's, you know, it's like perfectly balanced almost. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I, um, I've, just I've enjoyed absolutely every episode you know there's some series out there where they just have janky sort of filler episodes no not strange new worlds it's been so awesome to watch definitely so with that who is your favorite trek captain oh, um I'd have to say captain Janeway and sound she's like we're stuck Fleet, screw the prime directive and where the heck is my damn coffee <laughs> like i relate girl <laughs> um like in regards to my art i want to draw her more but i don't want to overdo it um and i think like i have a really nice uh one set scale figure of her with like interchangeable items um because i don't know i just love having her around she's such an idol you know i really want to encourage my kids to watch voyager when they're old enough because you know also kate mulgrew <laughs> i love her <laughs> right um and that's one of the things about janeway that uh i sort of appreciate she's really the only one that you sort of get to go with on her journey because they sort of introduce the idea to you that she will be an admiral someday and then you know boom voyager's over then you get the star trek films with the next generation cast where you sort of get to see it and then even till now with things that you know are, are uh future based it's like this acknowledgement that yes like whatever happens janeway at some point is going to be an admiral and she's you know she's gonna have some weight so it's like star trek really goes out of their way to sort of show her respect yeah, she's a, she's a very, very strong leader. And I feel like Kate Mulgrew really depicted that so very well. Um, she nailed it. And yeah, definitely. Uh, I guess when I started watching Voyager, I was so concerned. I'm like, oh my gosh, they're never going to make it home. There's going to be some dramatic ending. And then when they did, I mean, the ending was, I'm not even going to go into that. <laughs> um, right. But yeah, for them to return and it was just was exactly sort of how i imagined it i i have always wanted to see um her um picard as well but more so her um based on the story she had from her show in a situation where they somehow had to deal with the dominion i always thought janeway's way of solving problems would have been very interesting seeing her in the uh, dominion uh war Uh, yeah, that would have been very curious, but um, yeah, I th I think I like where where they took it, um, especially with the the Marquis and trying to blend them with Starfleet. That was a very very fun take um, because I'm like you know these sort of enemies trying to work together as a team. I think that's what made Voyager very unique. No, definitely, definitely. Um, oh man, I could talk all day about Maquis storylines, but um, we'll we'll move <laughs> move ahead. Um, so, what is your favorite Trek episode? Hmm. Uh, let's go. I think DS Nine. It's only a paper moon. Uh, that one. That one hits really deep. So I have a past with an ex who was military and their PTSD was just intense. And like my sister also ended up marrying a vet and she went through some hell with his mental health and abuse. So I guess it's odd that I would claim this to be a favorite episode. So I guess what would read better is to state it was most memorable and, you know, uh, emotionally Pertinent. moving. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think another one a close other one would be tng's uh blink of an eye you know remember that one where the world's spinning really really fast and they're all evolving quickly and then yeah it was very interesting i'm trying to you you might have stumped me here i'm trying to think blink of an eye now wait was you said tng right 
Uh, you know what? I think I was mistaken. Voyager? <laughs> blink of an eye is Voyager, yeah. Okay, <laughs> and they're stuck in the orbit, and so they'd sort of look at this society evolve? Yes, yes, that's the one. Yeah, no, I mean, once again, it's super memorable, right? And, um, yeah, I just... Definitely. I felt so bad for those people. They're just, like, praising this god that shakes their earth. And uh, I think the ending was very, very sweet, too. The way, you know, they got to go up and meet everybody on the ship. So, yeah. And, and But it was sad to know that those, that the two crew members that came up from that planet, you know, by the time they went back, you know, all of their loved ones had gone. And that was... It was right in the heart, man. <laughs> yeah, um, I think both of those are fantastic episodes. Um, the Paper Moon definitely allows um, Aaron Eisenberg, you know, a chance to, I think probably that might be one of the, no, that probably is the most emotive um, episode with a Ferengi as sort of being the centerpiece, you know, like he really got to stretch with that one. Uh, as did the the Vic character, um, so yeah, definitely, I can I can definitely see how that would be something that would stick with you. And as far as blink of an eye, I think that is probably one of Voyager's most Star Trek classic type scenario episodes. Like you could almost yeah. see, yeah, you could almost see Kirk in that situation. You could see Picard in that situation. This is just a classic Star Trek episode doesn't get any more traditional than that i think that's definitely definitely a good point <laughs> right all right so you you might have uh given hints to this already what is your or who is your what who is your favorite trek character so this is the whole just universe <laughs> yeah you got if you had to have one Hmm. No judgment. No judgment, pick, right? Yeah, you can pick grudge if you want to. No judgment. <laughs> can I pick mourn? <laughs> hey, no. a lot of people do, right? He'll talk your head off, though. He will. He will. Such a chatterbox. Um, you know, Kira Narice, right? That's She's a strong just... pick. Uh, yeah it is which which is very very hard to pick because she is a very strong character total badass but um since deep space nine is like my thing um it was such a toss-up between say like her and elam garrick right? how, how do you pick <laughs> right right um but yeah, I mean, there's just so many complex, well-played characters, especially like secondary type characters, not like the main crew. Right. Um, and, and I think that's one of the strengths of DS9 is that you you get that the background players, as it were. Right. Yeah. So like those characters such as Girl Dukat and Kai Wynn, like, oh, I hate them both. But that just goes to show how well they were written. Like the actors just nailed it. Definitely, definitely. Uh, let me ask you this. I have a, I have a, a, a thought, um, and I haven't really talked to a lot of people about it, so I'm trying it out with you for possibly one of the first times. So okay. in the right in the mirror universe, usually everything seems to be topsy turvy, right? Uh, Esri's not trustworthy. Uh, Ferengi's are honest, you know, whatever. Um, I feel like the only person who seemed to play the same exact character was Garrick. You're right. Yeah. Like nothing he, about him changed. No, I think it was just, he generally in every sort of universe, he just, he's Garrick. You he's can't Garrick. change who that man is. Yeah. Right. All right. So, but he. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, no, um, I was just going to say he just the way his character always puts on this Taylor front. Uh, but, you know, damn well, he's a he's a sneaky little scaly boy. Right. And no pun intended, by the way. Um, <laughs> so let me see. This is this is why I love it, because I keep thinking I, I probably know what she's going to say. And then I'm like, oh, wow. No, I wasn't expecting that. Um, so we're going to continue. 
you you do have to pick one unfortunately what's your favorite alien race in trek okay you're gonna find this one hilarious and you probably wouldn't pick this but <laughs> denobulin you know what that is very solid and i wish after um enterprise we could have had more interaction like where'd they go i don't know because i'm like okay so the smile was a little little freaky but i love it but i'm 100 percent here for their poly lifestyle like that was just brilliant bringing that to light for some people and um you know i, I i'm sure it just helped validate a lot of those um poly you know relationships out there and i felt that that was really important as well yeah. so, trip yeah. trip was not ready for that <laughs> trip's like you you gonna do this in front of your husband she's like i already told him before you got here i already let him know oh my gosh what a character right yes. and what? do you do you know like because i i have read that andorians also have a somewhat poly type um mating system but i don't know if that predated when they introduced it with denobulans or if it came after they did it with denobulans and they're like oh, okay no one cared we're all right andorians too yeah they kind of missed a lot of um background sort of stuff with them and I was kind of, I felt let down there because uh, Sean was such, such a good character. Um, right. And yeah, no, that sucks. I wish I could have gone deeper into that. Um, yeah, that would have been good. Definitely, definitely. And the last thing I will say about the Nobulans is, and this is just because I, I'm obsessed with Star Trek, obviously, but it's like, they made this big deal, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen Strange New Worlds. Um, have you you've seen the first season, I'm assuming? Yes, yes, I have. Okay, so they make this big deal about genetic, you know, alterations and genetic manipulation, but Phlox clearly says the Nobulans have been doing this for generations and how we're not crazy like humans, for lack of a better, you know, term. Like, we don't, you know, try to take over the world. We just do it to make heart defects go away and stuff. So I'm like, how yeah. can Denobi, is that why you don't see him anymore? Did they get kicked out because they refused to stop doing genetic modification? I, I think a story could be done there. Yeah, um, especially since they had another one right so dr bashir in ds9 he was modified he was like a superhuman and he mm -hmm. was so ashamed to kind of let people know that and his dad had to go to prison mm -hmm. yeah it was rough whereas like you, you think of denobulans and the way that they altered themselves okay uh i guess maybe it was more widely accepted because it was medically related right so no, i don't yeah, you, yeah. <laughs> I, I I smell section thirty one. They did something. They covered up something. Oh, for sure, <laughs> no doubt. No right. Doubt. So, uh, leading into that, if you could be any position in Starfleet, what would it be? Uh, well, engineering. I think no particular rank or anything. I just they're always under pressure, and I think that would be pretty thrilling like you know red alert stranded shields are down warp core offline and y'all got t-minus seven minutes to save the damn day <laughs> like, that's my jam <laughs> okay okay so you're you seem like you're someone that like loves challenges because i would think of it and i'd be like every time i see something wrong with the warp core it's one of engineering that gets left behind the little like lowering shield thing and has the to save the day so yeah, you, you like living on the edge. Oh, for sure. And I mean, in those sorts of situations, you know, needs of the many. Uh, that's true. The the Star Trek version of YOLO, I suppose. Um, uh oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's going to turn a little bit negative here. Um, I apologize, but we'll try to keep it fun. What is your least liked alien race in Star Trek? All right, so my answer for this one is probably not going to be taken so well. I don't know. It depends, right? So I would have to say 
Vulcan, right? Mm. Kind of pretentious, judgy, you know, suppressed emotions, my butt. <laughs> and they get all touchy touchy. Um, yeah, no, I'm just, I'm not a fan. I mean, like Spock is pretty cool. Um, you know, T'Pol was, I don't know, she was kind of cringy in the beginning, but she became one of those sort of likable characters. I don't know. Yeah, like I said, they're just very judgy. And yeah, I don't, yeah, not a fan. Right. Um, and I was talking to um, a friend, actually another one of these interviews, and we were sort of talking about Vulcans. And uh, he had brought up the point that he thought one of the things that sort of works against Vulcans is that they're effectively the most familiar to us as um, aliens. So they have to keep trying to change them to make them interesting. And it sort of made them into this like aloof type thing that it wasn't necessarily presented as before. But at the same time, I mean, you can't, if you don't have emotions as human beings, you would think that would, from our side at the very most, or the very least, create some type of anim animosity, you know, because we have emotions. Yeah, you reckon they'd be more understanding. Instead, they're just like, why are you being like this, man? I'm like, no, if you hadn't suppressed it, you would probably react the same as well, right? I mean, we just don't want to suppress it. Emotions are important you know um some people need to learn how to regulate their emotions but um yeah i don't yeah that's just how i feel unfortunately um because i think you know a lot of people absolutely adore spark and um stuff like that but yeah not that, that's me. true and I, and i think that's something that that might work against vulcans a little bit too is when people think of Vulcans, they do think of Spock. And a lot of times when Vulcans don't act like Spock, they're like, whoa, you know, this Vulcan's acting weird. And it's like, well, actually Spock is not a specific Vulcan. Like he's a very, or excuse me, he is a very specific Vulcan. Like he, you know, he isn't the standard issue Vulcan. He has the human mom. Apparently he has the human sister. And apparently he has the full-blooded Vulcan brother. So like his, his story is a little bit messed up. Um, so it makes sense why you don't see most Vulcans act like Spock, but most people expect Vulcans to act like Spock. But um, we'll, we'll move on and I will ask this. What is your least favorite show? Original series. Um, it was before um, my time and I just never get into it. <laughs> I'm not mad at that at all. I would uh, a thousand percent concur with that just because by the time I was introduced to it, it was obviously so dated that it almost made me not want to watch TNG when that became something I could watch. Um, and, you know, it definitely laid the groundwork, you know, but it's like if it paved the way, it was very rudimentary paving, you know, it, it was cobblestones. Whereas now we have a cement thing that comes through and, and, you know, levels everything out. Oh yeah. I mean, I kind of appreciate how they paved sort of some way for, you know, the future uh, interracial, you know, stuff on TV. That was, that was big. And um and I recently learned uh, something about that. Apparently, they tried several times to just cut or act the kiss because they were so worried about how controversial it was going to be on TV. But yeah, that Michelle and William were just like, nope. and every tape they just kept kissing. <laughs> so that was cool. Yeah, definitely. And um, I, you know what? I am actually remiss in the fact that I haven't said it yet at this point. Um, but uh, Nichelle Nichols recently passed away and she played uh, Uhura. And I actually just saw something about um, how she she decided or helped pick that name because she was reading a book called uh, Uhuru, which apparently in Swahili means freedom. And uh, she thought it would be cool to name the character that. And they were like, well, OK, can we sort of, you know, work with it? And they came up with Uhura. 
um which i thought was cool but yeah definitely uh it definitely was trailblazing for its time um and it's crazy to think that there's a show set in the future about humans interacting with things from complete different planets but people watching this show would be upset that two human beings expressed human emotions and actions yeah I know profits forbid, right? Right. Um, <laughs> and 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 those people got treated as reasonable. Like that's even more crazy. Like oh, we that's a reasonable concern. Like what, man? Yeah, ridiculous. we've uh we've moved a little bit. Hopefully, maybe I think. I I'd like to think we have. That's I'd sure. I'd like to think so. Okay, so what or excuse me, who is your least favorite Trek captain? And what I wanted to do with this was it doesn't have to be a captain in Starfleet. So, you know, we've encountered uh, Cardassian captains or we've encountered Klingon captains, Romulan captains, like all of that. Who is like, you know, is there one reoccurring? I guess it would probably be a bad guy or it might be a Federation person if you consider them to be the quote unquote good guys um, would be your least favorite. And this is shows, mm. this is reboots, this is all of that. So the Kelvin universe, all that. Right. So this one's pretty hard for me because it's more of a personal decision here. And it is Starfleet. So it's it's Captain Kirk. And that's just because Shatner, he used to be my idol. Like I loved him in Boston Legal, which is something I watched before Star Trek. And so when I finally met him in person, you know, he didn't have time for fans. And, you know, I was personally starstruck. And I'm like, oh, what do I do? And he didn't make eye contact. He just took the little sticky note with my partner and I's name on it and just signed a poster. And then we were shunted out. And I think that was just the biggest letdown. You know, it's like if I'm paying Buku bucks to meet you, you know, at least get off your butt and acknowledge me. Um, and I think Captain Archer is probably a close second, um, but that's because of his character, right? He's a pretty mild leader. Okay. <laughs> he didn't seem, yeah. Um, and that's crazy. Okay, so just so I'm clear, it's Kirk as played by William Shatner. Correct, yeah. Got you, got you. Because of how William Shatner actually exists as a human being. Yeah. I would, yeah. I would say so, yeah. You know, it's funny. I always read online people that say, I, I have a friend or I know a person and he was really mean to... Now I can say that. I could be like, I know someone personally who this guy was a jerk to. So thank you mm -hmm. for letting me join that exclusive club. Yeah, yeah no worries. Right, right. Um, and Archer, I could see that. I could, I could definitely see that. Um, because it, it is almost um i was talking to someone about this uh not too long ago you can really tell that enterprise is the first star trek post 9 11 just the just the way that archer sort of acts and that person said to me archer almost is like the folksiness of like a george w bush in space like he actually was like, I feel like Bakula was trying to channel that like all shucksness of George W. Bush. And I was like, wow, I've never thought about that. But once he said that, I can't help but now like see that when I think of Archer. Yeah, he was definitely trying. Like everybody shits on him, but it's just people think. Like I see what you're trying to do. And um, I think, you know, he's still got a lot of respect from his crew and I think that's what I mean a good like a pro for him was just how um more emotionally involved he was plus Porthos like that he had a dog like that was so awesome <laughs> you know I mean there's been cats uh like spot and that but yeah um no I just I don't know he could have he could have commanded a little stronger right but you know that's not to say he's my least least favorite right 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 now i i did like porthos he did almost create that uh intergalactic incident when he peed on that tree that time but other than that porthos was pretty solid 
Yeah, dogs are gonna dog. <laughs> right. You know, I've always wondered if they're like Shrek has, like you said, the cats and the dogs. And then you've seen certain alien species that will resemble earth felines or earth canines. I've always wanted them to encounter an alien race that somehow, some way has the ability to literally communicate like directly with the animals on the ship. And like somehow the animals like save the day, but the enterprise or whoever have no idea. That's like why they just didn't get obliterated. I guess sort of like the dolphins, but like it would be the animals on the ship. Right. I guess you would probably yeah have to bring in a whole new species that is just, you know, one with animals that's very like good, yeah, good or, linguistics. Or for, yeah, like for whatever reason, like whatever mental waves that humans put out and blah 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 put out, they can't work with those, but they can work with like spot. And then, like, Spot's like, oh, I like these people. And they're like, all right, cool, we'll let them lose. Um, you know what? Maybe it would be, uh, maybe it would end up being, like, um, what, what were the uh, dinosaur people from Voyager? Oh, I can't remember. Uh, the Voth, right? Isn't that it? Voth, yes. With the city ships. Uh, maybe it would be someone like the Voth that, like, are sort of animals from Earth, too. So, I don't know. I digress. Um, (laughs) so what is your least favorite, uh, Trek episode? Um, I would say Voyager's, uh, initial, which is caretaker, right? It's a long intro episode based just the way I took it was a a dramatic male alien (laughs) being an emotional, butt because he, you know, he can't find a new girlfriend. You know, when all else fails, he refuses to send Voyager back home and he just self-destructs. I'm like, really? Really? And so, yeah, I mean, I can understand why he hung around, you know, trying to save the Ocumpen and I don't know, it just, I would have moved on. But yeah, for him to not help Voyager in any way and then just self-destruct, like, come on. It was just a very long, drawn-out episode, and uh, unfortunately, it didn't draw me into the series. Uh, so, Rich was like, you need to just hang in there. <laughs> a few more episodes in. It gets better, I promise. Right. I mean, and I can definitely relate to that, because um, I want to say the first Voyager episode that I really was like, let me pay attention to this, it would probably be the one, was it the 27s, where they like find Amelia Earhart? I don't even know what season that is um and like the aliens had taken them and deposited them on this planet and like the people worshipped them um i think it's called the 27s something like that mm. do you know Is what that, i'm talking about yes i know the one you're on about yeah 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 um that one was uh, unique I'm a history um, person, so it drew me uh, in that right. it was like, oh, Amelia Earhart and like a World War II Japanese soldier, and so I was like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna see what's going on, and then, then I just stuck with it because it's Star Trek, right? Um, As you do, <laughs> right, right, and and I would say Voyager is definitely not the worst Star Trek show. Um, it's not my favorite, but it definitely has moments of brilliance. Um, and you know Janeway is generally you know a part of that uh Tuvok's a part of it a lot of times but I like my favorite part of it was like who would have thought of having like a a murderous um uh Betazoid like to me that was just like brilliant I'm like oh wow like Betazoid are generally seen by Star Trek fans is like the most docile of like all the alien races almost you know and then it's like, no, this one's a murderer. And he he's, you know, he does it. He's been doing it for a while. It's like, okay, this is very intriguing. So it definitely, uh, it definitely had its moments. Yeah, I can't say that. Yeah, it was one of my favorites. But, um, but yeah, um, I don't know. I think of Diana and she, even her character was very like draining to to watch in the in the first couple of seasons because oh I feel I feel and then like whenever her mom visits she's just like 
straight up, um, you know, using her telepathic abilities and she doesn't come across that way. And I'm like, ah, I feel like they all should sort of be like that. But Diana was just, yeah, she, she bothered me too. <laughs> um, I got you. I will say like, as far as, uh, Loxana Troy, um, holder of the golden rings of beta Z or something of that nature um i think it's almost a completely different character what she gets on deep space nine but her on deep space nine i think is probably the best i've ever seen that character done oh my gosh yeah i uh i especially liked her with um when she was trying to woo odo right yeah and then she just you saw a completely different side of her it's like her character had grown since tng in the way that she was very pushy with picard um but yeah i mean you could still see you know a few of her traits coming out in ds9 but she eventually just sort of evolved into this more empathetic um person and yeah i was there for that that's good definitely all right so uh least favorite character in trek mm. uh, um, i want to go with um chicote but my reasoning behind that is because of the writers right so they screwed that character up so bad it was cringe to see them basically mess with the Native American traditions. And I just felt like that was a total insult. They could have handled it better. Um, so, yeah, I would have to say Chicote. Yeah, fair enough. I, I think I'll probably get that a lot. Um, I, I think if you ask the, the actor that played Chicote, he might say that too. Um, let's see. Mm -hmm. If you could be any alien or let me rephrase that. If you could be any race that exists in a Star Trek, what would it be? <laughs> if I could, more like I am. <laughs> okay. I, I feel like I'm part Klingon, right? Like they knew their gods were trouble. They're honorable, but super spicy. Um, you know, also blood wine. <laughs> um, I had a I had a yeah, I had a bloke draw my family as Starfleet characters, but I had him uh put myself and my kids shown as like half Klingon. Um, I felt like I kind of related a lot to Belana Torres in Voyager, right? So um, I'm just, yeah, I'm spicy. I can be very spicy. <laughs> and uh, yeah. So you're the Belana that actually likes being half Klingon. Uh-huh. Yeah. I would right. totally embrace that. <laughs> Man, and that um, that character, like she, she had a couple episodes where you sort of get to really see her struggle with that um just the clingonness of her her identity i guess you would say um but so like other than balana torres or i guess excluding balana torres when you saw them on like tng d space nine you just were always like i'm just i really am about that energy i just like what they're doing 100% oh my gosh I mean apart from Worf being an absolute crap father um I just I loved a lot of the Klingon episodes they were so rowdy and they're all drinking and the camaraderie the esprit de corps everything it was just it was awesome and I love them that's fair enough uh I'll, I'll ask you this which do you have a favorite Klingon um or favorite house uh, no favorite house. I, you know, even though Valana's half, I still really like her. Uh, Martok is probably a close second, but uh, definitely Valana. Valana's pretty, pretty cool because I see a lot of her in me, right? Sweet. I would definitely have to say it would either be Martok or it would be the, um, he just passed away recently, but he played the uh, Klingon, um, emperor that was killed in the final frontier the uh the shatner movie the uh original cast uh star trek movie and uh he he's a he's a pretty cool klingon too 
But yeah, Martok, as far as the television series go, would probably have to be the top of the list because Martok's just awesome. He's dope, yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Going back to original series, I'm like, if you try and have me quote anything like that, I'll just put it simply, like, I tried to watch the first movie twice. I fell asleep both times. <laughs> like, now, just... look, listen, I'm, a, I'm gonna be honest with you. The, I would say, you sort of almost gotta think of it like this. The first movie was made in, like, the 70s. So it sort of has that aesthetic to it. The second movie, I believe, is The Wrath of Khan. That was 1982. I think when you get get to the fourth and like six, the fourth movie and then like fifth, sixth, it definitely becomes a more updated feel. You don't really feel like you're watching something that's like ancient. The first one for me, like I can't get through it because it feels like I'm watching something that's like sort of ancient. Yeah, almost like this very vintage documentary. It's just super boring. Yeah, yeah, it's like slow. and But at the time, they would have been like, oh, my God, can you believe how that looks? Like, you know, but it is what it is. <laughs> I'm sure they were totally proud at the time. But, yeah, it definitely didn't age well. Right. Um. Now, so this is pretty much the last question I have uh, that I sent you over nothing's really popped up but i will ask you be as detailed as you'd like paramount contacts you right now they say we're completely out of ideas for the star trek franchise you have complete control you can do a new show you can do a new movie whatever you want to do what do you create i mean first of all you know it's listening to the fans i think that that's what they really need to do right so i mean personally i'd like a show um where they kind of touch on a lot of the like the secondary character couples uh like their future endeavors you know past serving on the ships and stations like where are miles and keiko did garrick and bashir ever hook up uh Bellana and paris uh, can we have a janeway and chicote relationship I mean, and and there's other things that just bug me too. Like seriously, 33 years for the doctor to come up with the name Joe. Like, <laughs> I want to know a bit more on that, like where he is. Um, but what about uh, Picard, right? I'm not hugely into that new series. I almost feel like we could redo it. Like... <laughs> I feel like Picard would have been better with him just tending to his winery where there's like guest appearances from TNG, like either there to ask for advice or taking them into something more episodic with the guests, you know, out in space. I mean, the day sort of deal. Um, but like, yeah, you could just imagine that sort of ending with Avery Brooks coming in as Cisco, uh, the emissary, and just like punching him for. <laughs> You know what happened. I won't say it, but uh, yeah, know, something like that would have been pretty cool. But I think definitely Paramount, all they need to do, if they did run out of ideas, just listen to the fans. There's so much fanfic out there. It's, it's crazy. It's so good. Yeah, I remember when that um, prelude to a Naxar buzz started, and I was like really excited because they had, you know, uh, the guy that played Martok, they had the guy that played. Um, uh what was his name from enterprise the vulcan ambassador i can't remember his name but he was on there as well um so it was definitely some faces and voices that you remembered and i was like oh this is so cool and then it seems like all of a sudden paramount was like nope we got a project and we're just gonna get really litigious with this fan stuff and then they eventually had to get to the point where they put out there like this is the parameters you have to work in for us to be like okay with your fan produced thing um and it really just sort of killed like the fan creators um yeah. which you know sucks because they were definitely telling some pretty cool stories that really only helped to add to the star trek lore that gave paramount more options of things that they could make money off of so it's crazy that they would you know go after it like that um I will say as far as, and I know I'm sort of going back in time a little bit to the uh, previous question. Um, Koloth, Kang, and Kor, I feel like 
they definitely would be Klingons that would be, um, I don't know, like they bridged the gap, right? So they were there for the original. Se- oh, you, you don't really watch the original. So the original nah, series, yeah. yeah, they're there as like reoccurring uh, antagonist to Kirk and the Enterprise. And then um, in Deep Space Nine, they show up for that mission with Jazia because she was friends with them. And uh, she's the one that, you know, did the treaty with them and all that. And so then uh, they end up dying except for um, Kor. And then he and Worth go on the mission where they try to find the um, Sword of Kalos. And then he ends up during the Dominion War sacrificing himself and dying. Um, and then that was like pretty much the last of like the old Klingons from TOS at that time. But I think you could definitely going to the Paramount question, do something with that era. Like, cause you know, there's not a lot there. Um, I personally still want to see the Romulan Federation war. Like Ooh, I've been wanting to one. like, right. That I've been wanting to see that ever since they were like on TNG. Oh, we haven't spoken. And then I at the time was like so fascinated by these characters that I went and researched and then I see on TOS they had already at that point had a war with these people and they used like at the time they were like oh they used nuclear weapons I'm just like what so Enterprise sort of danced around doing it and never got to so I would love to see it yeah that would be pretty cool oh you know what another good one is um andy robinson who played elam garrick he wrote a book called a stitch in time Time. oh my gosh and and so i i would really like to see that as a movie like i would pay a lot of money to see that because we we finally petitioned um to have uh i guess the the people that own like the publishing house that owns this book we finally convinced them to let Andy do an audiobook and narrate it for us. Like, oh, we're so excited for that. It's gonna be so awesome. Oh yeah. Uh, for but sure. I would love to see that as a movie. That Definitely. is that is fantastic. I remember a long time ago looking up that book and it was like 300 bucks for like the paperback. Yep. I think I got my copy for a hundred dollars. And it, it even has like a little bug hole in it. Thankfully, it didn't cut out like any of the, the words, but like I cherish that book. It sits in front of me on my desk at work. <laughs> right. That's like, that is so crazy that this book is like so valuable. Like you could, oh man, that's that just shows you the devotion and like love that Trek fans have for this this universe that is ever growing. Um have you watched all of the new shows like the discos and of course the strange new worlds prodigies uh prodigy no i've watched the first two episodes there um i'm keen to get back in that i watched the first couple of lower decks need to get back into that you know some of those episodes are just kind of good background stuff um you know if you're going about doing things unfortunately i just i don't have the personal time you know between running my store working i have two kids i have a house full of animals and plants right yeah i mean but picard i definitely want to catch up on i have watched all of uh disco and uh strange new worlds and i just i love them i love them a lot so yeah they're good um i will say um I understand my thumbnail is is lower decks, but I I'm not biased. I promise. Um, <laughs> it what I like about it is is the fact that being a cartoon, they can sort of sneak things in that are references to things that fans actually talk about that don't have to make sense, but the fact that they then sneak these things in and lower decks is considered canon mean these little in jokes among star trek fans then become canon in star trek by its own like by paramount's own admission it becomes quote-unquote canon so like the thing with the tom pair or you have i'm sorry so there's a running joke (laughs) a meme you've probably seen about the tom paris commemorative plates 
Mm-hmm. I remember that going off in uh, Star Trek shit posting on Facebook, which right. I, so like that they was put awesome. that, yeah, they put it in the show. So like technically in Star Trek, there really is you know uh, Tom Paris commemorative plates. So I just love yeah. the fact that, that they get to sort of tweak canon like that. I think that's so cool. I loved it. That was awesome. I mean, although I haven't seen the full episode, I saw snippets. Like, I see spoilers on Facebook and Instagram all the time. And at this point, I don't care. I like to be in the know. Um, so for me, spoilers are important since I don't have a lot of time to watch, you know, these shows. Right. Uh, which is interesting because previously like I've watched Voyager two or three times I've watched DS9 three four times TNG twice it's um yeah but these new shows ah, I just don't have the time for hey <laughs> it's all right it'll be there it's not going anywhere um right. I will say I I a thousand a thousand percent expect have you seen any of the previews for the new seasons coming up of Lower Decks or any of the stuff they uh, released on like YouTube or anything? Mm, no, I can't say I have. So this isn't a spoiler. It's been out there. Um, so like apparently there's a crossover episode between Lower Decks and Strange New Worlds. Oh, yes. There's also an episode of Lower Decks where they go to Deep Space Nine. I fully expect at some point when they go to Deep Space Nine for that attention Bajoran workers meme to pop up somehow. Oh, they bloody well better. I'm there for that. Oh, my right. God. <laughs> it has to. I've seen that meme way too much for it not to just show up somewhere on Lower Decks. Oh, my gosh. I really hope they do that. That would be so awesome. <laughs> right. Um, so hey, I've had a ball talking to you. Um, anything about Trek you got on your mind that you'd like to discuss, uh, other than what I've asked? Uh no, I don't I don't really think so. Like you you asked a lot of really solid questions and uh that that covers a lot of it. So that's awesome. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um your store, do you want to advertise it or give some social media addresses or anything? Uh, yeah, I mean, anybody's welcome to uh, avariana.art is my is my website. Uh, primarily stickers right now. Um, I am looking to add mugs coming up uh, today, actually. And then I have totes, key rings. Um, but yeah, it's just if you're into track and you want stickers to kind of cover your water bottles and stuff, um, where it's at. And uh, on my Instagram too, my, my handle is avariana underscore art. Uh, and occasionally there I will um, post about other Star Trek artists that do stickers and swag and stuff as well. So I really like supporting small businesses and yeah. Now I know my... I know my listeners are very intelligent people, but I recently read an article that said most Americans read at a sixth grade comprehension and um, deciphering level. So if you do not mind spelling the spelling the the uh, name for them, please. Of course, the Avariana is spelled A V A R R I A N n a and then the other part is just art a-r-t all right thank you thank you um i'm sure someone is like man i'm really glad he asked that um so <laughs> i appreciate your time today 